So let me ask you something. Have you ever heard your parents tell you something and you thought to yourself, you know what, man, when I grow up, I'm never going to say that. How many of you guys ever said that, right? I'm telling you, these are some of the top parenting phrases we swore. We swore that we were never going to say. I only picked five. First one is this, don't look at me with those eyes, right? How about this one? Because I said so. I love that one. Or a bit about this one. One day, you know, you're going to thank me for this. One day. And my dad and my mom pulled this one on me all the time. As long as you live under my roof, you will live by my rules. Right. And here's the last one. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> These are the top parenting phrases that I know we've all heard. We all swore that we were not going to say. And guess what? We're saying them. <laughs> I know I'm saying them. And so this morning... We're going to take a look at the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments, which is honor your father and your mother. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for who you are, for loving us this morning, for bringing us together as a family to just spend a moment together focusing on you. Lord, we pray that you can, uh, Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to something that you want us to hear today. Lord, speak through me as your vessel, Lord, that they're your words that are flowing out of me and not mine. And Lord, I just pray a blessing, Lord, over everyone here that we can receive something especially for us. Our perfect Father, who you are to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, we began this series by connecting the definition of guardrails with the commandments. And the fact that both are intended to, for protection and direction, and believe it or not, for freedom. So a reminder of the definition of a guardrail. You guys know what those things are. They're on the side of a road, right? See, it's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. That's why they're there. And the Ten Commandments, they were given to the nation of Israel. They still apply to us today. And they're meant to keep us from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas in life. And we know that they're out there. And so God loves us so, so much that he gave us these Ten Commandments to ensure our spiritual, our emotional, our mental, our physical, our relational, and our community safety. That's what these things are for. And they're also to guide us to a free, purpose-filled an abundant life that only he can provide and that only he can sustain. That's what he wants for us. See, in our corporate society, we got companies and organizations. See, they give employees handbooks and implement signed contracts and agreements, right? You got to sign this before you start working. See, we have specific vows at weddings. We have rules and boundaries for our children. And we live in a society where law and order work, usually when they're working for us, Right? That's the society we live in. That's what the Ten Commandments are for. They're ten guardrails set in place by God to protect and direct us in the life that honors God and protects us from ourselves so that we can live in freedom. Say that again. To protect us from ourselves so that we can begin to live in freedom. See, they're not meant to turn bad people good. No, these commandments are to keep free people free. You hear that? They're to keep us free, to keep us from getting locked into this distraction. 
So far in week one, we learned that we shouldn't have any other gods before God and not to worship anything instead of God. See, Jehovah God is a jealous God, and he refuses, refuses to take a backseat to anything else in our lives. And lots of things, and even people, have the potential to push God and the importance of putting him first to the side. It's just a natural thing that we do. And you know what? I got to tell you, God will not tolerate that. He will not have that. There are things in our lives that can sneak up on us, and they can easily become the little G-gods if we're not careful. So we need to be mindful of those things and always, always remember to keep God first. We got to do that. In week two, we talked about the third commandment, which really speaks into who God is in our lives and who we are in him by not taking or misusing his name in vain. And I know step one of the third commandment certainly is about the way we speak or say, about, say God's name. But we know that it's much, much more than just that. See, it's the way we live our lives in conjunction with what we say or what we profess. It's the way that we live our lives. See, to carry the title of Jesus follower means that by his power, we live the way that Jesus modeled for us first. So the way that he modeled is the way that we are striving to live. It means that we're dying daily to ourselves, or it means that we're putting ourselves second every day and living a surrendered and holy life to Jesus. That's what it means. And when we do that, we open ourselves up to what it means to be a servant of Jesus. And we're willing to push aside our will, our, our way, our agenda, our agenda, so that we are joining in with what Jesus is doing right now, his will and his way. We're removing ourselves out of the picture so that we can join in on what he is already doing. And last week, we talked about remembering the Sabbath day, right? And how to keep it holy. See, this day, it's meant for us to rest and to be renewed. That's God's design for us. How many of you guys feel like you guys can use more rest? And that brings us to commandment number five. Let's read it. Exodus 20, verse 12. It says this. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Now, I know some of you parents are just itching to say, hallelujah, amen, to that, right? How many of you guys got kids that want, you want them to hear that, right? I'm telling you, I do too. But I'm telling you, there's so much more than just that. We know by looking at the last sentence of this verse that God is talking directly to the nation of Israel. And he's telling them that if you honor your father and mother, there will be a lifelong blessing in the promised land, which is the land that God is leading them to, and he has been preparing just for them. Okay? <laughs> so the question is this. How does this apply to us? Now, I know, I'm pretty sure that there's nobody here that lives in Patterson or Crow's Landing or uh, Newman or Wesley and can say, yeah, my ancestors 400 years ago said that God gave them this land, that's why I'm here, right? Can any of you guys say that right now? No, we can't say that. And yet, the first part of this verse, which is the actual commandment, it does apply to us. 
See, many, they teach that this is the first commandment given with a promise attached to it. If you honor your mom and dad, you'll live a long, full life. Now, you understand there's promises all throughout the commandments. Because when we live in obedience, following the commandments, we get to live in this freedom. And that in itself is an implied promise right there. A promise of freedom. But let's slow down and take a moment to look at the two distinct parts of this commandment. Because I really believe that if we fully understand this, we can truly live in this freedom and the promise that God is inviting us into today. First part is this. What does it mean to honor, right? And second is who are my mother and my father? I mean, I legit have many questions about this. Maybe some of you do too. Is it just my biological mom and dad? What about blended families? Does it include step-parents, adoptive parents, grandparents who are raising their grandchildren? What if the biological parents have abandoned their children? Am I supposed to obey what my parents say even when I'm an adult? What if there was abuse or dysfunction? Am I really supposed to honor that? I mean, we could literally, literally pick and pull this thing wide apart to understand it better. You see, we want to obey this commandment, but it is so challenging to honor it. We want to, but it's hard. See, the family unit, specifically regarding the role of parenting, has changed dramatically over time and culture. A lot of the issues we struggle with around honoring our parents, back in the day, we didn't have to worry about that stuff. But we all know that these are issues that we're dealing with today. They're, they're, they're right here. And we must get to the heart of what God is commanding us. You see, because there is no connection between honoring my father and mother. I'm sorry, let me say it again. There is a connection between honoring my father and mother and honoring my heavenly father. And that's what we want to learn today, the connection right there. So write this down for point number one. God commands me to honor authority. God commands me to honor authority. First, let's look at the word honor. The Hebrew word for honor is used specifically here in Exodus 20.12. And it means to be weighty or important, to esteem or respect. Some of you might remember the presidential race back several presidents ago. There was a word that kind of came to prominence. It was a word gravitas. It meant important, serious, and weighty. And God is commanding us to respond to our fathers and mothers with respect and to see their role and position as important and serious. I'm going to say that again. God is commanding us to respond to our fathers and mothers with respect and to see their role and position as important and serious. And when we look at it through this lens, God has almost taken out the personal side and commanding us to respect and honor the role and position of the parents. You guys following me? The role and position of the parents, not the person. I almost hear that person say, respect the uniform. You don't have to respect the man almost. Have you ever heard that phrase? It's saying for us right now that God has almost taken out the personal side and commanding us to respect and honor the role and position of parents. And that's important. See, no matter how good or bad they are, they have a connection to us, and we recognize their importance. 
That, that involves always showing them respect, just as we show God respect and recognize the importance of him in our life. Same way. One of the reasons this commandment is so important is that it sets the stage for how we will honor and respect God and how we will honor and respect ourselves and how we will honor and respect others. That's why this commandment is so important. It sets the stage. The first set of commandments are all about honoring our vertical relationship with God right? Making him our one and only, no idols, no minimizing, having integrity between what I believe and what I do, and then making time to be restored and renewed back to God. That's the vertical relationship. The last set of commandments are about our horizontal relationships. Don't lie, don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery or covet. It's how we act and respond and value other people. You see the difference there? This commandment is the bridge. It's about honoring our parents and the position and role that they play in our lives, imperfectly and even sometimes hurtful. But it's honoring them and that God has placed them in our lives. Even though it's only for a time, we still have to respect them because they are an authority over us. That's how it is. See, here's the question. Can we honor and submit to that? It's a hard one. Because it directly relates to whether we can honor the position and role that our Heavenly Father has. Can we submit and live in obedience and surrender to Him, God, the perfect Father? That's our aim. See, it's easy to look at our imperfect parents, or even look at ourselves as very imperfect parents, and dismiss and justify even dishonoring. Now, we know that we can point out the flaws and mistakes in, in people, and in parents especially, right? It's really easy to do. And because of that, we justify why we will give no honor or respect. But what we've done is made the decision ourselves as to who gets honored and who doesn't. It's kind of lightweight trying to play God almost in making those decisions. You realize that's what we're doing when we do that? We're making the choice for ourselves, and that's not how it's supposed to be. This commandment bridges, bridges our honor and respect to the holiness of God with the honor and respect of the parents that God has placed in our lives. Honoring your father and mother is a foundation on which love for our neighbor is built. You hear that? Honoring your mother and your father is the foundation on which love for our neighbor is built. And we know that that is one of the main commandments that God has given us. Jesus himself says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's how important this is. See, but all of this begins when we're children. And the Bible tells us that it's more than just honor. It's obedience as well. Let's listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says this. He says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Cool, right? Now as parents, you got to understand, this doesn't give us the green light to treat our children however we want. We can't go out there and it doesn't give us permission to diss them and tell them to do things and when they don't do it, say, all right, God's going to handle them for me. 
We can't do that. That's not what it's about. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts responsibilities back on our shoulders as well. And he says this in Ephesians 6, 4. He says, parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Colossians 3.21 says, Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. See, when we honor those God has placed an authority over our lives, in this case our parents, we move ourselves into a place of God's favor and, and blessing, creating another guardrail for us to live in freedom. That's what's happening. And if we don't honor our parents, we will not honor any authority. How many of you guys agree with that? If we don't honor our parents, we will not honor any other authority around. It's the bottom line. Most children who grow up not honoring their parents most likely will not honor civil or government leaders, employers or social leaders or church leaders. We're living in a culture where authority is no longer honored. Our children are being heavily influenced by social media and on so many other things that throw off any restraint and any respect and instead to live in this mindset of, I know what's best for me better than my parents know. And I hate seeing that because I've seen teens go down a very dark path as a result of that. I've seen it. That is where we're at right now. Parents, it's our job to protect and love and care for our children. That's our job. We can't give up on that. And because it's the parental role of guiding and protecting the child, God says, honor your father and mother. That's what he tells us. He commands it. Write this down for point two. God commands me to live out and respond with honor. Kids and students, I want you to listen for me right now. Okay, you'll be happy to know that this commandment does not mean that you have to always hang out with your mom and dad and walk around side by side looking like you're happy all the time. That's not what this means. Okay, but it does say to honor them as opposed to stubbornness, not listening, rebellion or disobedience. Obedience means that we do what our parents say while we are a part of their household. As parents, we hope it, we're, as parents, we aren't hoping that kids figure out things for themselves. We aren't leaving them to fend for their own or finding a way just to be their best friend so we can kick it. That's not what we're looking to do. See, we don't have to be the only ones to give our kids instruction. But they are our responsibility. We are the responsible ones. No matter how you choose to educate your children, you are the one who is responsible to ensure that they will learn what is good and right, and hopefully will help them to grow in a relationship with Jesus. That is our rule. That is our job. That is our role in this. If you're younger and still living at home under the authority of your parents, you need to know this about them. And they didn't tell me to say this, okay? But they really do love to do nice things for you most of the time. And they would love to know they would love to know that there was something that they did that gives you some sort of joy in life. See, they want the best for you and for you to be safe and fulfilled and for your faith to become your own and for you to know God and care for his people in the way that he's gifted you to do. They really want to see you thrive. So what does this mean to honor our parents? 
Well, think of that word, honor. Remember, it is to recognize the weightiness of the position that has been granted to them as moms and dads. But, there, but are there limits to honoring parents? Let me ask you that. Do you think there's limits to honoring parents? I'd say there would be. I know you're like, what? Here's the thing. Authority can be abused. In Acts 29, we see a principle that has to do with government, but also with parents, church leadership, and any other authority over us. If the choice is between obeying God or obeying men, we obey who? We obey God. If your parent pushes you to do what God forbids or forbids what God commands, you have to always go with God. And that's the hard part. One way to think of this is that the commandment about God first takes precedence over any other. But even in those hopefully rare cases, there still will be a way to be respectful and honoring your parents, even if they're asking you to do something that they don't have an authority to ask of you. That's the hope. Now let me talk to the adults in the room. The commandment says to honor your father and mother. The obey your parents shifts as you become an adult, right? You're no longer under their authority and covering, but you still can honor them while still having personal and healthy boundaries. There's still a way to do that. And I know this can be challenging because of some of the things that I mentioned at the beginning of the message. There is unhealthy dysfunction between parents and children. <clears throat> there has often been hurt because we are all imperfect. And yes, we do bring our imperfections, our trauma and wounds right into our parenting. It, it's just a natural thing. And if you're a parent, you're probably aware of the times you've hurt your kids with words or attitudes or actions, right? I know I am. I'm guilty of that. I've done that. Sometimes we need to draw some pretty hard lines to be emotionally and physically safe from hurtful parents or even hurtful adult kids. But see, you know, I think the scope of this is even broader than what we're talking about. See, we could say that this commandment is larger than just parenting. See, there's a long tradition of understanding this commandment and all the commandments as having a deeper application for us. The fifth commandment is not just about parents and children. I mean, it is. That's what it's about, but there's so much more. See, it's about living with honor and respect as a template for any other relationship or authority we may have in our lives. It's a template. It is what helps us get on the right foot to go. So how do we live this out? Well, I want to give you five phrases this morning that might help put some practical steps in place. And the first one is this, yes. A predisposition to yes is what we should have. If you're younger and still at home, this means a willingness to obey. As we get older, it's a desire to walk patiently with our parents not in opposition or defiance, but in grace. Say yes. The next one is this. Thank you. Let's have a heart of gratitude for the challenge and burden of parenthood. How many of you guys know that parenting is hard? <laughs> it's hard, right? Or just being in leadership or in authority in general. It's hard. A thank you and appreciation goes a long way, I'm telling you. 
How about this? The next one is this, saying I'm sorry. Which is probably even harder to say than the first two. Who knows what sort of healing might happen in your parental relationships when someone says, I'm sorry, right away. How many of you guys are feeling me on that one, right? Saying it right now to get it us. I'm sorry. See, if you have it in your mind that the issue with your parents are mostly their fault and that they'll never admit to it, and that if you say sorry, then that they'll run with it and they'll be like, you know what, I didn't do anything wrong, I'd say, look, stop. Stop it right now. And let the Holy Spirit do a work in their life the same way that he's doing a work in your life. The same way. See, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life right now. Maybe he's bringing you to a point where you can own your part and say something you should have said years ago. Like, I'm sorry. The fourth one is this. Let me help. Right? This is an opportunity for us to be grace-filled to help where we can, to step in and do our part. And Paul writes this. He says this in 1 Timothy 5.8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. I'm going to share a story. I got permission from my wife to share the story. <laughs> Always. And it's just because it's a sensitive story regarding her biological father. And um, he was not around. He was actually not good at all. And he lived his life with his kids and, and without his kids, actually, and he gets to the point where he died. And none of his kids wanted anything to do with him. Nothing. In fact, his wife at the time wasn't even able to afford the cost for the funeral. None of that stuff. And my wife was working at Sailor's Brothers at the time in Modesto. And something was stirring up in her, regardless of the hurt, regardless of what he had done, regardless of the stuff that she knew that he had done to others, something was brewing up in her. And she says, I got to do something. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, she ended up looking and seeing how to finance the funeral herself. I'm like, oh my goodness. And as a result of her stepping into that, her mother, who was probably hurt the most by this guy, joined in and helped to, to finance this for her. You know? And I couldn't believe what was happening. And I'm like, babe, what are you doing? I didn't like the guy. I'm being honest with you. I'm sorry. I was like, what are you doing? She says, it's just the right thing to do. If we don't do this, he's just going to be filed somewhere. He's my father. Talk about the contagiousness right there. Everybody joined in. She honored her father despite what had happened and who he was. But because it was the right thing, she did it. And she helped out because she was able to. See, we honor our parents throughout their lives, right? We honor them when they aren't pretty or perfect because that's how God loves us. The same way. And the last one, guys, is for us to say hello. Pick up the phone. Call your parents. Send a picture. Try sending a text. I mean, I know my mom and dad, my mom loves when I send pictures of my kids all together. I mean, who wouldn't want to get those pictures, right? Does it always happen? No, it doesn't always happen. But it means the world to a parent when you just say hello. For some of us, that may be a start. Pick up the phone and say, we haven't talked in a while. How are you? 
Even if you have to call right now and say, hey, I went to church this morning and the pastor was talking about it. He said I should call you. So, hey, here I am. It's a start. Put it on me. Make that call. And if you don't have children or living parents or you don't even know who they are, you will still please God. The God of families, right? By loving the family of God right here, in some ways, Jesus even gives us a broader picture of the family unit. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 50. He says, anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is why the family terms are used so frequently all throughout the New Testament. Paul can say he's a spiritual father and that they are his children. See, we are his brothers and sisters. There are opportunities for all of us to follow these commandments. We have a heavenly father to honor and all the family of God to love and to serve. And that's what we got right here. This is home. We don't just say welcome home for something fun to say. No, there's heart behind that because this is the family right here of God together. For those of us who still have children and parents, this would be a good time to start right now to honoring them. See, God wants to free us. He doesn't want to restrict us. He wants us to be released into this freedom of knowing that he has set these things in place so that we can grow closer to him while growing closer to others, all by pointing to Jesus in the way that we act. And it starts by honoring our father and our mother. Again, it's the bridge that connects it all. You pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you right now for this moment. It's a really good insight in who you are. The Lord, that you always ask us as well, God. You command us to honor our mom and our dad, Lord. But this morning you've given us some insight on what it truly means to honor, God, the position and the role, Lord. Lord, I pray for parents here right now, God, that are walking through troubles right now, that are having uh, circumstances with their children. Lord, I pray that in this moment right now, you bless them, that you touch them. Lord, I pray for children right now, students that, that are having problems at home and difficulties with communication. Lord, I pray that you just, Lord, that you just heal that right now in this moment, that they can have a positive and constructive conversation, Lord, to grow closer together. Lord, I just pray that you bless us right now, Lord. Thank you for being the perfect father that we can always look towards, Lord. And knowing that when we honor those in authority, our moms and our dad, God, that we're honoring you, too. And we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, family, thank you so much, so much for being here with us this morning. And I love being able to be a part of this with you. Let's keep Pastor Jeremy in prayer. He just married his son and his new daughter-in-law yesterday. We're super excited for them. So he'll be here next week, okay? I love you. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.